Hi, welcome to new listeners. Welcome back if you've been here before, if you've been listening for a while. You are appreciated and thank you for coming back as you always do. Our story in focus this week is about a cargo ship that burnt off the coast of Sri Lanka. There has been so much debris and dangerous chemicals that have been released from the ship that it is now on track to be one of the worst environmental disasters. As part of the seven overlooked stories that we'll be covering in this week's episode, we will also touch on stories that range from how an artist made real $18,000 from imaginary art. Don't worry, we'll get there. The executive for Make-A-Wish Foundation that embezzled money and to news that scientists may have now sequenced the entirety, entirety of the human genome. As your host, I bring you overlook stories from all over the world. My name is Yemi and you'll see from the episodes and the stories that they range from the good to just the plain weird. All references are always linked on the blog and you can find that through the link in the episode show notes. Or if you found us on social media, check the link in our Tunuka Media bio. So that's going to be the same name on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. As a bit of an announcement, we are planning some changes to the schedule and style of the podcast, and that will start in Season 3. So rather than the short weekly episode, we plan to transition to a longer style episode structure with a deep dive into one overlooked story. With that said, let's get right into the stories for this week. We start off this week's episode with our feature story straight from Sri Lanka. The Express Pearl is a massive cargo ship that caught fire on the 20th of May 2021 while it was anchored near Colombo in Sri Lanka. The fire burned for 12 days. The ship was hauling cargo that has been classified as dangerous goods in containers filled with chemicals, nitric acid, polypropylene plastic, caustic soda, sodium methoxide, and methane. The ship was also loaded with 350 tons of oil and a combination of both heavy fuel and marine fuel. According to some sources, the impact left from the fire, the hazardous materials released into the water, and the debris washing on shore will lead to what could be the worst marine disaster in this decade. Initial efforts to douse the fire was unsuccessful, and the damaged ship began spilling its cargo all over. Tons of plastic pallets, also known as nurdles, spilled from their containers and began washing ashore or nearby beaches. These pallets are one of the main areas of concern for environmentalists. They are used as raw material to manufacture other plastic products. They are able to absorb harmful chemicals. However, they can be mistaken for food by marine animals. The implication is marine animals may consume these chemical-filled pallets, and these chemical-filled pallets might also be eaten by humans. Another potential danger from the pallets, according to the environmentalist Professor Jagath Gunawardena, is that these pallets may eventually break up in the sea, potentially releasing a lot of microplastic fragments that would be detrimental to marine life. From the pictures you will see, and if you look up the story, you will see that marine life has already started getting impacted. There was one picture I saw right after I had already finished recording the episode, and it showed someone raising the gill of a fish. And within their gills, there were so many plastic pallets. Of course, the fish had already passed away. And that just speaks to the extent of the damage that these pallets can cause. The ship recently appeared to be sinking into the water slowly. And local authorities and fishermen are now concerned about the possibility that all that fuel oil and oil on the ship would begin to spill. Some of the debris has already started to spread into other towns along Sri Lanka's western coastline. The chairman of Sri Lanka's Marine Environmental Protection Authority, or MEPA, Dashani Lahan Dapura, 
told the AFP news agency that the crew of the ship already knew that the ship was leaking nitric acid long before it entered Sri Lankan waters. Apparently, the fire could have been avoided if they had acted promptly and responsibly. Express Shipping, which is the Singapore-based company that owns the vessel, has confirmed the crew was aware of the leak. The crew had apparently requested permission to offload the leaking container at two previous stops in Qatar and India. Permission had been denied both times. The ports apparently did not have the specialist facilities or expertise needed to deal with the leaking acid. Officials have lodged a police complaint against the captain of the ship and further investigations are ongoing. News that Sri Lanka allowed the vessel to enter the country's waters after it was rejected by two other nations has led to widespread anger across social media. There's a lot, a lot of debris being cleared off the beaches. Even with the cleanup, it appears that there will be significant environmental damage. The potential impact on tourism in a country that is heavily reliant on visits to its beaches has not been determined yet. An Italian artist, Salvatore Garau, just sold an invisible sculpture for $18,000. Let that sink in. Hold on. Just give it a second. Okay, let's go. The work titled Lo Sono, or I Am, does not exist except in the artist's imagination and maybe yours. Yes, this is actually an imaginary sculpture that was bought for $18,000. Maybe if we repeat the amounts and the art a few times, it will start to sound less ridiculous. Not only did it cost $18,000, it hits the $18,000 mark due to a bidding war. In case it is not clear yet, there was a bidding war on literally nothing. At the end of the day, the good thing for the person who bought the sculpture is that they don't have to worry about breaking their very expensive purchase. If you imagine it's broken, just imagine another one in its place. According to Salvatore, this sculpture is a work that asks you to activate the power of the imagination. And yeah, it is not the first invisible sculpture he has produced. He recently displayed another work called Buddha in Contemplation in the Piazza della Scala in Milan. An accompanying Instagram post shows a seemingly vacant squared off area in the piazza with a scrolling text that reads, you do not see it, but it exists. It is made of air and spirit. It is a work that asks you to activate the power of imagination. So if you go, and I did go on his Instagram page, it is literally a squared off piece of tape on the floor in the middle of a square, and you get to imagine the art that is in there. So according to the artist, this latest artwork finds form in its own nothingness. The vacuum is nothing more than space full of energy, And if we empty it and there's nothing left, according to the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle, that nothing has weight, therefore it has energy that is condensed and transformed into particles, that is, into us. That is a lot of words, but he's essentially explaining why, although it is nothing, it is something. He now goes on to say that when he exhibits an immaterial sculpture in a space, that space will concentrate a certain quantity and density of thoughts in a precise point. Creating a sculpture that, based on the title he assigns to it, will take varied forms. Believe it or not, this artwork comes with instructions. According to the instructions, it should be placed in a private house within a space free from any obstruction and that's 150 by 150 centimeters in size. 
For his detractors, he draws a very bold comparison to his work. In addition to the previous quotes, he says this, After all, don't we shape a God that we've never seen? From the articles I read and the ones I researched, he had not yet provided a comment. But yeah, someone has a certificate of authenticity for an artwork that they have to imagine exists in a space. Jennifer Woodley, who is a former CEO of a Make-A-Wish Foundation located in Iowa in the U.S., has pleaded guilty to charges of embezzling tens of thousands of dollars from the charity that supports sick children and their families. The Make-A-Wish Foundation is a nonprofit organization founded in the United States that helps fulfill the wishes of children with critical life-threatening illnesses between the ages of two and a half years to 18 years old. And she embezzled money. In a written guilty plea, she recently admitted that she made unauthorized charges on a foundation credit card. She gave herself an unapproved bonus and a salary increase, and she made false entries into foundation records related to those expenses. A charging document alleges that she embezzled a total of $41,000. Under a plea agreement, prosecutors will recommend a sentence of five years of probation along with fines and restitution. A sentencing hearing will be held on the 20th of July. 2021. She apparently started stealing shortly after becoming the group's president and CEO in 2019. She then continued until the group discovered financial irregularities during an internal compliance review last summer. That's when the organization fired her and then sought a criminal investigation. Her attorney is trying to defer the judgment in hopes of getting the case wiped from her record as long as she completes her probation and other parts of her sentence. To be clear, Make-A-Wish Foundation is a nonprofit that provides wishes to children with critical life-saving illnesses, and she stole $41,000 that could have gone towards helping or fulfilling the wish of a child. According to a new policy paper from the United Nations Development Program, or UNDP, Asia's Hindu Kush Himalayan mountain ranges could lose up to two-thirds of its ice by the year 2100. This is expected to cause water and flood shortages for over 2 billion people in the downstream river basins of South and East Asia. The report is called Confronting Climate Change to Save the Third Pole. The report then warns that alarming melting of glaciers will continue to change weather patterns and profoundly affect agriculture, access to drinking water, infrastructure, hydroelectricity production, tourism, and other sectors over an area populated by 2 billion people. According to the lengthy report, temperatures in the high Himalayas are rising faster than almost anywhere else in the globe, except in the Arctic and the Antarctic. The paper builds its case that if current emissions trends were to continue, the ranges, which is considered the Earth's third pole, would lose two-thirds of its ice. The policy brief calls for improved environmental data, monitoring and research, strengthening the links between science and policymaking institutions, and enhancing dedicated international cooperation to saving the third pole. Now you know there's a third pole. This particular story almost feels like we're stuck in a hamster wheel. So here it goes, unfortunately. The Brazilian Amazon is now burning. Again. In recent weeks, nine major fires have been burning in the Brazilian Amazon. This appears to be part of a very troublesome fire season, which experts say could be a bad one 
after a particularly dry year. The first major fire of the year occurred on May 19, and so far, all nine of these year's fires have occurred in the state of Mato Grosso and have averaged around 200 hectares, 494 acres each, an area the size of the Principality of Monaco. All of the 2021 fires are on land that had been deforested in the year 2020. According to experts, this emphasizes the link between deforestation and fire in the Brazilian Amazon. Last year, dry weather helped fuel record fires in the Pantanal, while the Amazon experienced the worst rash of blazes since 2017, according to Brazil's National Space Research Institute, or INPE. According to the INPE, this year's rainy season, running roughly from November to April, was even more severe and widespread in parts of the Amazon under the greater stress, and those parts are known as the arc of deforestation or the Pantanal. Scientists say that the preservation of the Pantanal, which is Amazon's biggest wetland, is vital to curbing catastrophic climate change because of the vast amount of greenhouse gases they absorb. So fires apparently do not occur naturally in the Amazon forest, and specific conditions are necessary for fires to burn in a standing forest, namely a dry year alongside lots of ignition sources or neighboring land. These sources, almost exclusively caused by humans, can arise from runaway agricultural fires or from blazes set intentionally to clear land following deforestation, much of which is illegal. It is time to hold our breath um, and hope for the best. There were a lot of developments on the environmental front over the last week and a half, and so this one is another environmental-related news story. Since March, waste from the world's richest tin mine has leaked into rivers flowing into an indigenous reserve in the Brazilian Amazon. Yes, we're remaining in the Amazon for this story. The waste has reportedly contaminated the water and led to the death of fishes and turtles. Federal authorities and indigenous expeditions confirmed the leak of tailings waste from six dams managed by Meneraco Taboca, the Brazilian subsidiary of a Peruvian tin mining giant, Mincer, which has affected the water supply for 22 Waimiri Atuari villages. Prosecutors in the state of Amazonas have demanded an immediate halt to the release of more waste from the Pitinga mine in the municipality of Presidente Figueiredo and for repairs to be carried out. Indigenous residents have said that they are afraid of a catastrophic disaster from the potential failure of the main dam. The structure is four times the size of another dam, which collapsed in 2019 and ended up killing 270 people. So for this last story, we're going to move over to the facts that scientists say they have finally sequenced the entire human genome. And yes, they mean all of it. So 21 years ago, researchers announced that they had sequenced the first draft of the complete human genome. It was groundbreaking achievement for the time, and the sequence was still missing about 8% of the genome due to technological limitations. Through the years, researchers have been unable to work out how certain stretches of DNA fitted together, especially those where there were many repeating letters otherwise called base pairs. A large international team of researchers is now claiming to have made a long, long-awaited breakthrough and sequenced the entire human genome. The team is known as a 
Telomere to Telomere T2T Consortium, and they have written a paper called The Complete Sequence to the Human Genome that has described their efforts. The paper name, I've got to say, has been one of the most straightforward ever. It's like The Complete Sequence to the Human Genome. That's it, TLDR. T2T is a team that brings together people from about 30 institutions. The group acknowledges that it had some trouble with approximately 0.3% of the genome. And while there might be a few errors here and there, there are no gaps. If their work holds up to peer review, it could change the future of medicine. And this is why it is so exciting. This is because as humans understand genetic code better, then they can make better and more customized medicines. For example, gene-focused medicine was responsible for powering the first effective COVID-19 vaccines. The genomics community has not reportedly commented on the results because the work has not been peer-reviewed, so it has to stand up to peer review first. But even this initial paper is pretty exciting. In the meantime, the TCT is taking their work further by sequencing more people from all across the globe. With that, remember... You're valued, you're treasured, you are the only one of you in this world. No one can take your place and you matter. Also, just a quick reminder, the format of the episodes are going to be changing soon. I will be sure to give you a note when we're doing the very last episode of season two and when we are about to launch season three to let you know just what to expect as we go forward. With that being said, have yourselves a great week. Feel free to stick around for the outro or else I'll see you or rather you'll hear me in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to tune in every week for a new episode. Overlooked is a Tunica Media production, which also includes shows like Africa in My Kitchen with more on the way. So follow Tunica Media on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to be in the loop. Until next time, have yourself a great week ahead.